I've been running scams on the street since I was 10. I was kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. I'm gonna be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. You in? That's yes. I might be the only person. Who knows? What you really are. What's that? We're in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. Oh, job up. Oh, job up. Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys Podcast. <laughs> An in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts, Katie and Brian. Welcome to another episode of Moon Jockeys Podcast. My name is Brian, one of your hosts. I'm overjoyed to be joined by my co-host. How are you doing tonight, Katie? Brian, I'm a scoundrel, but that's okay because you need more scoundrels in your life. <laughs> I like nice women, actually, but that's okay. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh, if that doesn't summarize, like, like just about everything. <laughs> I'm like so dark side and you're like, nah, light side, please and thank you. <laughs> Don't want any of that. <laughs> Dark side keeps it fun and fresh, that's for sure. Absolutely. Oh boy, do I know it. <laughs> How are oh you doing? gosh, Brian, we're gonna we're gonna have so much fun tonight. I I'm excited. Tonight we are just talking about the solo trailer. Oh my gosh, we finally have it. I I can't believe it. I was so like I was getting frustrated that we didn't have it yet because uh, like we had a freaking Ant Man trailer and Ant Man doesn't come out until after solo. So I was like, why are we getting trailers for movies that come out after Solo? This isn't fair. I'm just like, it's worse. He never listens. It's unfair. (laughs) Throwing like a complete Anakin tantrum over the Solo trailer. But now that we have it, I'm just, I'm so in love. Brian, what's, what's your like immediate impression of this trailer? I like it. I really like the cinematography. I think it's very um, beautiful, but at the same time, very gritty and dirty. Like, I like the aesthetic yeah it it has that that ot feel of a lived in universe it's not as kind of shiny as the prequels but but yeah the cinematography is very pretty but then kind of the set design and everything that we're looking at is kind of that ot lived in kind of kind of look you know what i mean yeah i do and i'm really excited yeah. for uh some of the characters i'm not i'm still a little hesitant on uh 
Alden Ehrenreich, to be honest, but well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get into it. I'm sure. Um, first, though, I think we should talk about some of the Star Wars stuff that happened over the weekend because, honestly, how can we not talk about some of this stuff, Brian? Brian. It was pretty amazing, especially <laughs> if you like the prequels. I mean, it's kind of dreams do come yeah. true, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, what uh, what we're talking about is on Saturday Night Live, Natalie Portman made an appearance and uh, she had some things to say about the prequels. Oh, my gosh. I'm... In, uh, in like, a f- yeah. I was, like, hoping all week that the one thing I wanted for her is to do another rap like she did the last time she was mm-hmm. on it. And we got her wish. Oh, that was what we all wanted. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was just hoping she would rap because, you know, she seemed to, like, just have so much fun with it. I never dared to hope, though, that she would get in a full Queen Amidala costume and then dare everyone to insult the prequels. Like, at gunpoint, no less. Just, like, <laughs> holding all the prequel haters at gunpoint and just daring them to say something about the prequels. It was beautiful. Like... On Twitter, I literally described it as that's that's my Patronus now because um, <laughs> if you're familiar at all with Harry Potter, your uh, your Patronus is like um, the uh, the embodiment of like your happy thought. It's something that will protect you from dark magic and dementors and you know, all this stuff. And so, expecto Patronum. Natalie Portman, expecto Patronum, and then burst here comes this like beautiful Queen Amidala <laughs> wielding a gun to. Haters. <laughs> that's that's the dream. I'm living the dream. Like the what she said too is just so <laughs> boss. Like, oh yes. my gosh, it was it was so great. And then like the Jar Jar. Bit. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, the Jar Jar joke. I'm not sure if we can repeat it. It's a little inappropriate, but it was really the. I mean, and the whole rap is inappropriate. Let's be real. It's uh, it's not for uh, children ears, but. Oh, no, not, not at all. Goodness, but... it's entertaining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. So, um, it's uh, what was I going to say? surprising coming from, like, a Harvard graduate mm-hmm. and such a sweet, soft-spoken, mm-hmm. like, Natalie. Like, that's just not what you expect oh, yeah, she to does... come from her mouth. No, yeah, she's so tiny. <laughs> she's, she's a very just kind of petite person and just kind of think that all this room age and all these thoughts are coming just coming pouring out of her is just like whoa kind of yeah really the the contrast of just how tiny and sweet she looks mixed with like just this ball of fury i've uh, i've been watching the the scene where she uh, she's just up like queen amidala <laughs> i just i've been watching it on a loop there's just something so manic in her eyes that really speaks to me it, it just it drives right down into my soul and touches something very very real in there where she just looks so 100% done with everybody that hates the prequels and she just she's so angry and just barely containing that rage like to the point that she just wants us to say something nice about Jar Jar like Natalie Portman defending Jar Jar is just basically everything I've ever wanted it's such a gift Brian like a gift I didn't know I wanted it just and it's here for me to unwrap and enjoy for the rest of my life. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think it really resonated with a lot of the prequel fans like because they do get so much crap and to see her she doesn't talk about Star Wars much but to see her defending the prequels 
it was it's just mm -hmm. really encouraging because he's like have you seen the new star wars movies and she's just like no he's like they're good they're <laughs> better than what and she's like better than what <laughs> yeah better than what just like say it like i dare you freaking say it and then the guy the guy interviewing here is just like oh no <laughs> like he knows that he stepped in it and just well because you know padme was always our queen and natalie portman is our queen we love her and to see her just kind of step up to the for the prequels like that i mean even though yes it's in the context of a joke she is kind of you know ultimately just it, it's for laughs but it feels so good there's something very vindicating as you say as a prequel fan it it really really vindicates me yeah I think they used the same mask that they did in the first uh, rap video. They had a little girl dressed up in oh, that right. mask, but now Natalie's wearing it. <laughs> I'm so. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure that that's the exact same like little costume plastic headset that <laughs> that exactly. Natalie's wearing. It's definitely not not like a high budget wig or anything like that. I think it's just a, just a little kid's costume. <laughs> Which I think I think it kind of. It, yeah, it still looks really good. I, I'm like, she's still, she's still the queen, still the queen. And the official <laughs> Twitter account from Star Wars actually said that, like, it was great. Oh, I loved it. I loved that uh, the actual official Star Wars Twitter just, you know, no context. They just tweeted out that that she's still the queen. She's still yeah. the queen. And we know it. We never forgot, really. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, let's see. Oh. Let's see. Also, in kind of my Star Wars weekend, I got a few Star Wars toys. I um, I finally got the uh, the Ray, the Last Jedi uh, Ray fig arts. Do you, are you familiar at all with the fig arts line I'm of not. toys? They sound uh, expensive. I have a couple of them. They're like crazy. Some of them are okay. Let's be real. Some like uh, a few of the toys that are like exclusive to Japan can be expensive to import here to America. Um. Uh, the Darth Maul that I have, for instance, was kind of pricey. Uh, but Ray, who got like a wider release, um, she wasn't too expensive. She was only about sixty-five dollars. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I have. Um, let's see, I have a couple Obi ones. I have a Darth Maul. I have the Last Jedi Kylo, and now I have the Last Jedi Ray, and they are like cuddling. I really like the Fig Arts toys. Um, they're they're just like really well made and well articulated. They have like imagine the Black Series, but just even more high quality. They're that same that same size as the Black Series figure, but, but uh, with even more articulation and like and really well sculpted faces. They're they're really cool. Cool. So yeah, I so I just really like for having that one for a long time. <laughs> I was. But that's okay. Now they're here. Oh, I got another toy that should excite you. Uh -oh, <laughs> you should have seen that one on Twitter, too. I got the talking Chewbacca for the Forces of Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> here he is. Hang on. Chewie, say hi. <laughs> Did you hear him? Yeah, I like the way that he talks. <laughs> Me, too. He sounds so good. Um, a lot of just, like, really iconic Chewie sounds, like his little laugh from A New Hope. Like, that's in here, too. Like, uh, let's see. Oh, there it is. <laughs> his face He's so is just cute and it's like uh, I don't know, it's better in person. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have one. Do you have one? Not yet. I've seen it in Not the store. Not yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, well that's yeah, that's the thing is that like, you know, on, on the, you know, internet picture so I was like, I'm not sure what I think about his face, but like actually in person. Oh, sorry, Chewie. I pressed his button. Didn't mean to. 
Um, but like actually in person, just kind of, yeah, his face, I think, blends in with his hair really well. I don't know. I like him. I like his little chewy hands and his little chewy feet. <laughs> he's cute. He's just really cute. Let's be Let's honest. See. You now like the, the chewy hair. Yes, I do. I just, I want to brush him all the time. I already have brushed him. I can I can imagine, though, like somebody giving this to a little kid and then Chewie just getting matted like instantly. Just like a kid that just had pancakes and just gets played with in a sandbox it. or something. And he would just get so yeah, syrup all over him. Ugh. <laughs> Poor Chewie. <laughs> uh, and then you can't even really bathe him because, he, you know, because he talks. He's got like a, you know, his, he won't work anymore if you bathe him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Chewie. I smell like Let's my see. Dog. The only, the only thing <laughs> I thought he smelled on the outside. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh, I was gonna say the the only forces the Destiny toy that I don't have now is the Luke and Yoda set. I'm shocked that it's over fifty dollars. though, if you get them from from Hasbro directly, he's available on the Hasbro website. Uh, you can get them for twenty five. Really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's coming from Hasbro Direct and not like a third-party seller on Amazon. You can you get him for like half the price. He's very cool. Uh, the, like the forces of destiny, Luke. Uh, even though you can't brush his hair, I'll learn to live with it. He's still a really cool-looking doll, so I'm excited for that one too. Yeah. It's, that was uh, released over the weekend. I'm surprised that they have the uh-huh. Empire Strikes Back, uh, Luke, with the uh, the tan flight gear kind of deal. Hmm. Oh, that's the one where, like, you know, he kind of takes off his jacket and you get to see, like, his really ripped arms and you're yeah. just like, whoa, farm boy got jacked, you know? <laughs> so, like, that, that's, I think that was when Luke Skywalker was, like, appealing, I think, to uh, to young ladies. Forces of Destiny is geared at young ladies. Maybe that's what they're going for. Like, when he was, like, <laughs> showing off his guns. <laughs> Do we have a poll this week? Oh, goodness. Okay. We do, and we asked uh, which character are our listeners most excited for, and with almost half the votes, the winner was Kira. <laughs> People excited for Kira. She looks cool. That's uh, that's Khaleesi, right? That's... Yeah, the, uh, Emily Clark is, I think, her name. Em- yeah, Amelia, Amelia, Amelia Clark, Clark, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, of course, we also had Lando um, L337. That's the new droid and the unnamed villain from the movie with uh with that really cool looking mask and armor just you know i i can't wait to learn more about whoever this person is but uh none not a ton of people voted for the unnamed villain nor nor the droid uh most of the votes went to kira and lando unsurprisingly i mean come on lando had uh, the fur coat and um, oh he was looking so good kira mm-hmm. had the uh cape that everyone loved Oh, oh, be still my beating heart for this cape. <laughs> oh. What was your what was your favorite Lando look of the of the trailer? I think the smile when he was just oh totally chill, <laughs> relaxed, and he he showed the pearly whites. I think was the that was the, your favorite Lando look. Yeah. Hashtag Lando looks. <laughs> I really like, yeah, I like that one too. He's got kind of like this tie around his neck that he's undone. He looks very suave. Of course, Lando should always look suave if you ask me. <laughs> I hope they get to the full color version like they do in the posters. He looks really, really cool on the poster, but um, I didn't see enough of that oh, color. Oh, I'm sure. 
I mean, I'm sure they're trying to save something for the movie. <laughs> you can't give away all of your Lando looks. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you gotta leave. Gotta. Gotta leave them wanting more, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, um, oh, let's see. So, who did who did you vote for in the poll? Kira. Um, Kira. Aw. <laughs> I had a thought that was kind of weird, and we'll get into it later. But um, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's just I th- I'm really intrigued by her and what her role is going to be. Mm, okay. All right. Um, I voted for the droid. For L337. It's kind of cool that she's going to actually be a female droid. I know. Oh, my gosh. Look, my I, I, I can't articulate. I can't. I, there's no words, Brian. There's no words for how excited I am for this droid. Because, like, okay, we've had female droids kind of in Star Wars before. Like, in a couple video games, yes. And then even in the movies, we had Flo. Right. Yeah. From uh, from Dex's diner, we had Flo. But the thing about female droids in Star Wars is that they're always kind of shaped like they're female. If you know how I say, I'm trying to say this delicately. They have female uh, parts. They're they have female parts. They're uh, they're sculpted. Like even even uh, Flo, who even though she wasn't exactly molded like a female body, she still had like suggestion of a thin waist and high hips and wide wide hips you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they they clearly features into flow and it just that kind of bothers me i mean yeah we can have droids that have you know the female presentation sure but i think it would also be cool if a droid that looks like bb girl or r2d2 or k2so you know how come droids that just kind of look like machines are automatically male how come you have to shape a droid like an actual human woman for it to be female you know it that's something i've really struggled with in star wars and then all all of a sudden along comes l337 all just like yeah i look like a robot but i'm also going to use female pronouns whatever like that's amazing bro it feels so good yeah, well, there was a time where I thought BB-8 was going to be a female pronoun using droid. I thought people would look at BB-8 and say she. You know, even though BB-8 doesn't have a voice or whatever, it would have been all like, oh, here she comes, here comes BB-8. Like, I really thought BB-8 was going to be a girl, but then, no, male pronouns, which is fine. It's fine. But I I can't properly articulate how excited I am for L3. What do you think? Are they going to call her L3 or are they going to call her 37? Um, I think they'll come up with, maybe they'll call her L. L. Oh, maybe they will call her L. That'd be cool. Yeah, they called K2. They just called him K sometimes. Maybe they will call her L. That'd be kind of nice. That'd be cute. Maybe they call her 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> She's got the L337. Three, three, yeah. 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, well, let's drive right into this trailer, Brian. I was thinking that we would, um... Just kind of go through it point by point in the trailer, yeah? Yeah, that would be good. Okay. Well, things start off with Han Solo saying that he's been running scams on the street since he was 10. And then we cut right into him racing this hot rod down the street with pod racer sounds, Brian! <laughs> Prequel feels. Oh, my God. What is this? Like, 
oh, what do you think? Okay, hit me. What do you think is is going on with like the uh, with the pod racer sounds? You think these things, these like hot rods, the engines, like similar, using the same parts as pod racers? What do you think? What do you think? What's going on here? I think Han Solo is in a pod race. That's ah! it's just basically um, mm-hmm. a pod race. That's not really a pod. It's more of a car. Okay. Yeah, he probably is just like straight up just street racing, like, you know, how punk kids <laughs> or maybe it's a little bit of that old California car culture that George Lucas loves so much. Exactly, exactly mm-hmm. that. Um I think that there's definitely gonna be a pod race and um I think Hot. it's gonna be really, really <laughs> awesome. I think so too. I and I just love the sound mixing. I love that they just decided to go for it with the pod racer sounds and really show some prequel love. Um, I think it, it makes the universe feel more cohesive. It feels like we really are bridging the gap between the prequels and the OT, mixing these things, uh, bringing prequel sounds into something that just looks so OT. You know, we were talking before about how just the set design, everything looks so grungy and lived in, just like the OT. But then we have something that's very, very prequels, like pod racing. (laughs) That's something we never had in the OT. And we're blending these two things and just, yes, the balance, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Star Wars... Star Wars is all about the balance. Like, oh, I love it. Like, we are we're ten seconds into this trailer, and I'm already in love. I there's several other shots in this that does also feel very prequely to me. Um, oh we'll, yeah, we'll get into that later. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, we we see in Han Solo's little hot rod here. Um, the dice. Oh my gosh. The dice. The, the dice from the Millennium Falcon are hanging off of his, his hot rod. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. It's just good and luck. It is. And Kira is riding shotgun. Good for her. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Do you think this is at the beginning of the movie? Did we start off with a, with a big pot or, you know, street race with Han Solo? Or is this more of a climax moment, do you think? I think that this is definitely second act. I second think act. it starts okay. earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a, it could be a first act, but mm-hmm. I would I guess second like... act. I know it's not the third act. The third act is later. Mm. Okay. I feel like it depends on how Kira ties into Han Solo. If she's like his his friend from you know back in the day, like you know, if if this is a look at who Han Solo is at the beginning of the movie, I, I can kind of see like the street race being you know just kind of the opening action sequence where you know we get a sense for who Han Solo is and this is how he gets out of trouble and this is how you know this is how this is every day for him is going out here and living dangerously and you know Kira's along for the ride. She's his partner in crime. But then it also could be that he meets Kira later in the movie, and and then this is how she gets to know him. As you as you say in the second act, they have to make a quick getaway, and he's like, "Okay, let's jump in my car," and she's like, "Oh, you you really are dangerous, or something." I don't know. <laughs> this sounds so cheesy, but that's probably exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> well, Han Solo goes back to racing after mm-hmm. Ben falls to the dark side. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be basically his roots that he goes back to. Um, yeah. You're getting a glimpse of how much racing was a part of his life. That's um, true. Mm-hmm. I okay. I'll start with my theory. There's a picture of the the picture of Kira coming out of the Falcon with her red cape that mm-hmm. everyone loves. 
Mm-hmm. I had a thought of what if neither Lando nor Han have the Falcon at the beginning of the movie, but it's Kira's ship. Okay. Because it's so, like, pristine and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it could have been hers. That's entirely possible. I, But then, but we know that Han Solo wins the Falcon from Lando in a game of cards, so that means it would have to go from Kira to Lando to Han. In one movie. Which it, in that one movie, I mean, that would be a lie. It, I don't know, maybe this movie doesn't end with Han in charge of the Millennium Falcon. Maybe it does end Lando's, and we just kind of have to bridge the gap for, you know, for ourselves. Which would be fine with me. I would be absolutely fine if this movie didn't end with us seeing every single little connecting piece from this movie to A New Hope. You, you know what I mean? I'd be fine if this left something to our imagination. We do uh, see Lando in L337 mm-hmm. um, piloting right. the Falcon. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that Lando and L337 get it from Kira after. Yeah. Okay. But- it could also just be that it was Lando's. Somebody had the Falcon and it was beautiful. <laughs> right. It absolutely was. Okay. But, um, uh, gosh, yeah, we'll get there. I want to keep moving through this trailer just kind of chronologically. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, we see Kira and Han racing along. Um, I do like your theory that Kira could be, um, you know, some kind of higher class lady, possibly even Imperial. She does have that that good old Imperial accent. And I don't think she had to abandon it for this movie. So I, I do kind of like the idea that maybe she gets swept up into Han Solo's life of you know, scoundrel, skullduggery. Maybe um, she likes scoundrels. And maybe, yeah, maybe she likes it. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, but see, after that, um, yeah, which is more shots of Han racing down the street, du- ducking what looks like stormtroopers, maybe. Mm-hmm. Those, like, prototype stormtroopers. Or maybe they're just uh, kind of local law enforcement for whatever planet we're on. And he's dodging them left and right, making them, uh, making them crash sideways. And, and the voiceover is saying that uh, he got kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of his own. Brian, what do you think this means? He doesn't follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I think this means that they um for this movie they're keeping the um the whole Han Solo got drummed out of the Imperial Academy because you know as you say he doesn't follow rules, he doesn't listen, he he's not a good soldier. No. Um and that that's that was his backstory from the old EU, so it does seem like they're keeping aspects of it. Um let's see. Then we get shots of a very beautiful snowy planet. Do you think this is a new planet or is this somewhere we've been before? Well, we we know we're going to Kessel Run, Corellia, and I forget what the other ones are. I, I would say someplace new. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I always love seeing new planets. I love seeing familiar planets. I would love to see more prequel planets. Cough, cough, Coruscant. Cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> You but want I, the I core agree. planet. Come on. Right. I do. Oh, I want to see Coruscant again so bad, but... But it doesn't look like that's going to happen in this movie, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're all fine here. Okay, <laughs> How are you? Back tears. <laughs> Always. Every second of every day, Brian. <laughs> and let's see. Now, while Han Solo looks out over this great big snowy landscape, he says, I'm going to be a pilot, the best in the galaxy. And <laughs> just like tugging at my heartstrings. Do you get like tiny wee Anakin vibes from that? Because I sure do. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah. 
Well, it just makes me think of little Anakin sitting there going, you know, you're a pilot? Yeah, oh my life. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen all the stars? I'll be yeah. the first one. I would be the first to see them all. Just so cute, so precious. You know, Han Solo has those big dreams too. He just he wants to be a pilot. I think he, like Anakin, longs for those open stars. He just wants to fly. Just let him fly, you guys. Let him fly. It, I, the, his comment in this trailer has already spawned on a lot of debate on who is the best pilot in the Star Wars galaxy between Hera, mm-hmm. Han, like Poe, Poe. Poe, um, Anakin, and Luke. But um, I mean, I think uh, I think there are different skill sets. You know, um, there there's different there's different ways to fly in different situations. Um, you know, when it comes to like uh, <laughs> ducking storm, you know, ducking Tie Fighters and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and smuggling. You know, Han Solo is going to be the best. You know, he gets boarded sometimes. <laughs> But like, but the stuff that like Poe was pulling off in the Last Jedi, I don't think anybody but him could do that. The way he like did a full one eighty degree turn, like oh wow, I don't know. I maybe I'm too much of a Poe fangirl, but I feel like Poe's the best we've ever had. There are people that will argue that Hera is the best, especially considering how much she can fly different types of starfighters. Mm-hmm. I guess but, that's fair. Well, then, maybe like. Hera has more uh, versatility, but if you put her in an X-Wing and then Poe in an X-Wing, Poe would fly circles around her. <laughs> maybe. 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 I don't know. Or maybe maybe I just upset a whole bunch of Hera fans. I don't know. <laughs> but then maybe you could argue that the only reason Poe was so good is because his mom flew with Hera. Maybe. Maybe yeah. Hera taught him a little bit. Well, yeah. Well, that was the thing in like Poe's comics is that Poe's been flying since he was four years old. Yeah. But yeah, his mom took him up there as like as young as four. So I just, you know, there's Poe just seems so comfortable and so natural behind inside a cockpit. And just, I don't know, I guess I'm just too in love with Poe that I'm just like, no, he's the best. End of discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, let's see, after, after Han Solo says that he's going to be the best in the galaxy, we get a shot of the crisp, clean interior of what appears to be the Falcon. Oh my gosh, it is so pretty. It's so, how, how, how did it go from this beautiful and white and clean to a piece of junk? How did this happen? Explain yourself, Han Solo. (laughs) Matt Martin, the, uh, from the Lucasfilm story group tweeted out that, it's confirmed that Han Solo is a slob. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, I was wondering on Twitter if it's not Han Solo's fault, but in fact, Chewbacca's fault. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've never been roommates with a Wookiee. I don't know how neat and clean and tidy they are. I have no idea. I mean, But, like, the, the walls are so gross by the time you get to A New Hope. Like, these white, beautiful walls are now stained brown. I, I wonder if that's Chewbacca rubbing up against them. <laughs> What does a dog do when it's wet? It shakes. Can you imagine if Chewie does that and he just starts flailing all over the place and black brown stuff gets all over the walls? Just all over in the ceiling too. Oh my gosh. He's like a bear trying to scratch his back. You know when a bear like really needs to itch, you know, where he can't reach and he just starts rubbing up against a tree? Just imagine like Chewbacca doing that up against the side of the falcon and Han's like, Chewie, stop it. Uh, yep. So that's that's my guess. I blame Chewbacca. 
Maybe that's rude of me. <laughs> Shouldn't blame him. Uh, okay, and then uh, some exterior shots of, of uh, Han Solo looking quite covetously at the Falcon, if you ask me. I think he knows. I think he's only got eyes for her. He's destined to have that ship. Like that's... He is. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, what appears to be uh, Han Solo and Kira walking down a beach, a big sandy planet with an ocean. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. And uh, the voiceover is Woody Harrelson saying, hey, kid, I'm putting together a crew. And he's also on this big sandy planet standing next to the beach. And there's a whole bunch of stones popping up, popping up out of the ground. Hmm. Hmm. It reminded me of the stones that Savage Opresh uh, had to lift with Count Dooku because mm-hmm. basically the shape is pyramidish, but it's mm-hmm. like an obelisk. Okay. See, I think they look like tiny baby star destroyers <laughs> popping <laughs> up out of the ground. This is where the Empire grows their star destroyers. These are little baby ones. <laughs> I don't know. I where do you think this is? Do you think it's just maybe a hideout for smugglers? Maybe. It's the same planet that they later get confronted by the new villain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if maybe this is Parnassos, the planet that Phasma is from. Maybe. I could be way off. Yeah. But just, um, you know, when they described uh, Parnassos, it's, you know, this very rough uh, planet. Uh, not a lot of stuff grows here. Uh, it's being... All the land is being slowly consumed by the ocean, so just... Um, everybody just keeps getting <laughs> kind of crammed into the same areas. And then also they're just all very tribal and they all wear a lot of masks and stuff like that. And um, later on in the trailer, when we see the people that we can assume live here, just because they, they appear to be, uh, the, you know, I don't think Woody Harrelson lives here. I think the people uh, in the masks live here. Uh, would, I think this is our home. That yeah. could be a pretty cool guess. I mean, the, the that i like this that is yeah because um, the, the new villain totally feels like uh he's straight out of mad max he's basically oh, a yeah. stormtrooper out of mad max Mm-hmm. yeah well the thing about um uh the people on parnassus because nothing really grows here they have to scavenge absolutely everything mm-hmm. um there's a lot of like you know broken ships and, and stuff uh you know a lot of just old tech that's you know worn away and they turn that stuff into helmets and masks and gear uh, absolutely everything is used nothing goes to waste and just yeah the way these people have kind of cobbled together their 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 armor it really reminds me of what i read in the phasma novel and and maybe that's just a coincidence maybe this is something else entirely but i think it would be cool to see parnassos um of course phasma won't have been born yet um yet. no but it would be cool to see her ancestors or to see, you know, even just her tribe. Like, you um, get a feel for her yeah. culture, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, her culture. Um, I don't know what the point of that really would be since <laughs> since I think Phasma died in, in The Last back. Jedi. She She's could come back. back. Oh, God, yes, keep, keep believing, Brian. <laughs> just keep... That warms my heart, okay? <laughs> I gotta keep believing. I'm not giving up on her. Yeah, uh, I don't want to give up on her. I just have, you know, I got a bad feeling about this. Like, <laughs> uh, 
Okay, but then after Woody Harrelson says that he's putting together a crew, we see flashes of all uh, the crew members, or at least what we can assume, what we're led to believe is the crew. We see uh, Kira um, in her amazing red cape. Uh, we see um, L337 alongside her. Um, they appear to be descending the Falcon, but I'm not entirely convinced. Yeah, I think uh, that that's the ramp to the Falcon. Um, and yeah. that's what... That's... Mm-hmm. That shot is what made me think that maybe she... Maybe she owns the Falcon, Falcon. yeah. It could be, yeah, like if she is maybe a a high-class imperial lady, um, somehow maybe this is her, um, like, personal starship. That would explain why... I, I have a theory that, that the Falcon somehow is Imperial tech. That's why it's so fast and that's why it's so um, distinct. But then it, this would explain why there aren't more Falcons kicking around. Uh, if this was, you know, the personal starship of somebody high ranking, then they wouldn't make too many of them. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. That could be way off base. Um, but that's kind of how I feel is that maybe Han Solo or, or, uh, Kira or Lando, they're just going to completely steal this ship from from the Empire, and the, the Empire is not going to be too happy about that. No, no, no. <laughs> um, let's see. And then, yeah, the next shot mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Is Lando next... with his curly yep. whites? Mm-hmm. He's got that big Billy Dee Williams smile. Looks <laughs> so good. He's like. That that's his Colt forty five smile right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's got he's like he's having a good time. I think he is. He's sitting at the sabak table because he just has that air of like he's sitting back gambling. He's got his tie undone. Like he's just he's just having a good time. He's just being cool. He's being Lando. <laughs> Are you buying you buying Donald Glover as Lando? Please yeah, say I yes. Think he's Absolutely be fabulous. Yeah, there's only one correct answer. Of course, he is Lando. He look, oh, he's just perfect. He's perfect as Lando. Um, oh, and the next is our character Val, mm-hmm. who looks very cool. I don't know what Val's gonna do in this movie. Like, what sort of role she's gonna have? But I don't know. She's got a really cool look. She's got like steampunk goggles, I think, around her neck. Like, I don't know. These are some cosplay goals right here. I'm just saying. <laughs> she looks. It's pretty cool that um, she's a woman of color that they're actually not making into an alien or a CGI right. character. And, right. Um, mm-hmm. She just looks very cool in this shot. And I think she's going to be like Woody Harrelson's Chewy. Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, like co-pilot or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I, I wonder. She has kind of a bounty hunter look to me a little bit, you know? I don't know. I don't really know what to make of her character, but except that she looks cool. Yeah. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting, um, what's her name from Firefly? The, the, the co-pilot chick from Firefly. Gina Torres. Yeah. What was her character in Firefly? <laughs> oh, I don't remember. I'm totally blanking. I don't know. Cause I remember River. I remember River and Kaylee. And oh, people are totally gonna yell at me because I can't remember the name. <laughs> of, but you know the kind of jacket look and a yeah. big, you know, big like steampunk gun and goggles, totally reminding me of Firefly here. I'm just getting big Firefly vibes. That's all. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And now a couple quick shots. We see like, what's this monkey-looking dude with four arms? What? 
What? People have said that he uh, his head looks a lot like Maz, but he does have four arms. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think he's Maz at all. I think he's or she is something completely different. I would love it if this is a female uh, female alien. That would be amazing. Um, whoever you are, person with four arms, I am really intrigued. What's your story, yo? What's your deal? Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But they definitely look like they're in the uh, gunner seat of the Falcon, right? Um, maybe. Isn't the Falcon kind of more domed than this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I get Falcon vibes from this shot particularly, but... But, I mean, it is the kind of that same gun from the Falcon. So, I don't know. I don't know. Shrug. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. There's just not a, a ton I can get out of this particular shot. Um, and then the next one is um, Han Solo in some sort of cantina, I guess. Do you think this is where uh, where he meets Lando? Or where he finds Lando? I think this is the gambling area. Maybe mm-hmm. where he wins the, um, the Falcon with Sabacc. Could be, yeah. I feel I feel like this has the same lighting as the earlier shot of Lando, just kind of relaxing and smiling, and yeah. you know, I, it, it's a very similar shot. Uh, lots of aliens, nothing terribly familiar yet. We're gonna see some familiar, some familiar aliens here in a bit. Uh, oh, we have Woody Harrelson asking Han Solo if he's in, and Chewbacca goes. <laughs> Okay. And Han Solo translates, yes. <laughs> that so, means yes. <laughs> remember, if you will, uh-huh. uh, Zoe has a special affection for Chewie. Right, right. Um, with the <laughs> Forces of Destiny cartoons when she says, push the button, Chewie, push the button. <laughs> um, so now whenever she, she sees Chewbacca, she's like, Chewie! Yeah, as oh, soon as cute. she saw Chewie, oh. she was like, Daddy, Daddy, look, it's Chewie, it's Chewie. <laughs> Because she recognized him like right away, and of course she did. There's, you know, there's no mistaking Chewbacca. There's only one Chewbacca. <laughs> she was super excited for Chewie, and so like that's pretty awesome. Oh man, you got to show her the scenes on Kashyyyk from uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> find out what she does. There's like two thousand Chewies. <laughs> what would she say? <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so Chewie, Chewie lets out an iconic roar. Han Solo translates for us. That means yes, they are very much in. They're down for this mission, whatever it may be. What are you making of uh, Woody Harrelson here as his role? I don't remember the name of his character either. Gosh. Beckett? Beckett, yeah. What do you think about Beckett? Uh, I think Beckett is definitely a scoundrel. Like He's mm-hmm. kind of... A bad mentor that kind of shows Han the ropes of how to smuggle and how to get involved with the underworld. Um, Do you think he's Han Solo's biological father? Oh, I don't think so. Don't think so? Okay, that's fine. I, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to think of yeah, ideas here. I have a, no idea. I think Beckett's mm-hmm. going to get shot for not shooting first, though. Oh, he's going to teach Han to shoot first. That's, That's gonna be a really hard hard lesson. Gosh. I th- I think Beckett's yeah. gonna get killed for not shooting first. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that would break my heart, but I'd be still here for that. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, yeah. oh, I hate it. I want it. I hate yeah. it, but I want it. <laughs> I'm conflicted. <laughs> I think he looks cool. Uh, again, there's not like too much we can get from Beckett from this uh, trailer. He's he's only really has the one line, 
Um, but I think he looks cool, and I'm really excited to see what his dynamic with Han Solo is. I, um, while we're on Beckett, I just, as a bald dude, I mm-hmm. really hate the comb over. <laughs> He's got a comb over. You're not digging it. I really hate the comb over so much. You're not. You're not here for the comb over. Like, well, if maybe you, if you're gonna be bald, just have balls <laughs> to go with it and be bald and own it. Don't do the comb over, please. Not even a space comb over. No, I think no, gonna... no comb overs. Like I it's, think seeing like this one <laughs> flap of hair like blowing in the wind. It just oh, it gives me so many bad feelings. <laughs> I think either you're going to have to look away every time he's on screen or you're going to have to find a way to live with it, Brian. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're going to have to just tell yourself it's a space come over. That makes it cool. Oh, it's if so it's awful. Space. It's so awful. <laughs> no, if it's in space, it's cool. <laughs> uh, oh, and I the, started the very balding next... at like 18. So like, oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> You've had to live with it. <laughs> you know, the struggle. You know, it's real. <laughs> the struggle is real. When you lose your hair at 18, it, there's just nothing you can do about it. So you just... It's tragedy. It's a, it's a wonder you haven't turned to the dark side, Ryan. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> That's what happened when Anakin lost his hair. It was like the next day, dark side. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. The next shot is probably my favorite in the whole trailer. It's uh, Lando and, and L337 like kind of saluting each other as they're about to punch it and send the Falcon off into hyperdrive, yeah. hyperspace. Like, it looks so cool. I don't know, just the way they do it in unison. I love this shot. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just very cool. It's very Star Wars, you know, that, that inexplicable Star Wars feeling. I get it from this shot. I, do you know what I mean at all? The set, that Star Wars feeling? Yeah, and I think uh, Han Solo and Lando do the salute when they see each other on Bespin as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I just love seeing... I love seeing the droid do it. I love seeing these echoes of, of very familiar things coming up again in, in these movies, um, which I guess is such a contradiction because I'm always saying, oh, I want to see new stuff in Star Wars. I love seeing new stuff in Star Wars. I don't want to see the old stuff over and over again. But Dude, then at the same time... nostalgia in you. Exactly. Just the nostalgia every now and again. Well, it's not that I don't like the old stuff. It's just that if you're going to show me the old stuff, show it in a new context, kind of, you know, enhance it. Don't just repackage it, enhance it. And I think this shot enhances what we had before. Yeah. That that should be the, if we're going to have movies like this that kind of fill in the gaps, then they should absolutely enhance what came before it. And I just, I don't know. This shot just hits me in all the right Star Wars ways. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. Next one, let's see, they punch it, and then, oh, we get our very cool shot of what is our, like, cantina scene of the movie. I'm just going to say it right now. I bet this is, like, the cantina scene. We have, like, all these, yeah, all these, like, really cool aliens just kind of hanging out in this bar and dancing. And there's a singer on stage who looks really cool in, like, her gold dress, like... I'm all about this shot, Brian. What do you what do you think? What stands out to you? When I said before that there was other scenes that really gave me the prequel vibes, and this mm-hmm. is specifically this this uh, set is specifically what I was talking about. Like, it definitely has a clean and um, like mm-hmm. design aesthetic that is more prequely mm-hmm. than the original trilogy, especially the singer. Um, 
and I, it's kind of like a posh bar, if you understand what I mean. Um, yeah, it's it's almost like the bar that we saw on Coruscant, but way more posh and way more high class. The the bar on Coruscant was all about the neon, and it was so kind of obviously anybody could go in there. It was it was just a bar off the street, but this seems like way more high class. Um, everybody in here is just dressed really nicely. And then, as you say, it just gives me those prequel feelings because it's, yeah, it's so clean and everything just seems so deliberate. Um, it's just way less lived in than uh, stuff from the OT. And it kind of um, feels like Canto Bite at the same time. So yeah, mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I love seeing familiar aliens in here. We see a couple of Twi'leks dancing. And I I love that they're not dancing for anybody's enjoyment but their own. Like, that's so important to me, Brian. They're just they're, having a good time. They're just dancing yeah. among the crowd. and Yeah. They're not performers. They're just dancing. Do you think that... Are they two female Twi'leks? Twi'leks? I think so. Yeah. And they just seem to be dancing together. They're just okay. having a good time. I've yeah. seen some people call them... Um, lesbian Twi'leks already <laughs> maybe they are maybe they're girlfriends space lesbians who knows <laughs> i was just like okay i mean sure why not yeah well i mean like um <laughs> I, uh isn't that what people said in like freaking finding dory two women stood close to each other so everyone was like oh they have to be married like maybe not maybe sometimes women just stand near each other but i mean i also don't want to be those a person who's like oh two girls dancing together well that's just gals being pals am i right like (laughs) i think i think they're having a good time and i don't care if they're dating or not like sure sure they yeah if they're dating great if they're just friends also great i just like seeing them living their best lives honestly definitely um Uh, did you notice the floating head in a jar next to the singer yeah what's up with that (laughs) what is going on (laughs) what is happening in this movie that we got heads in jars (laughs) it is pretty cool like that is an interesting um new alien yeah i (laughs) moving on (laughs) moving on I again just I'm all about this lady in the gold dress. I really like she's got this kind of weird head crown thing going on, but then also like some sort of synthesizer on her mouth. Yeah, but then yeah. also she has a microphone. Why do you need both? Why do you need the mouthpiece and the microphone? Like what is happening here? It I don't know, it's cool. I dig it. It's just like also confusing me. <laughs> it can do both, okay? The microphone reminds me of one of the aliens that sold out uh, BB-8 mm-hmm. on uh, right. Takodana in mm-hmm. Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I think that was the Resistance droid, though, so he was a cool dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and we also see Amelia Clark. We see Kira. Is that Lando looking in the fabulous. I think maybe. That could be Lando in disguise. Uh, standing next to Kira? Yeah. Could be. Um, I know that uh, the heights pretty much match up, so that could be Lando. Um, do you think she came here to honestly enjoy the party? If this is maybe an Imperial party, do you think she came here to enjoy it? Or do you think she, too, is in disguise and and uh, they're like maybe casing the joint? Uh, my mind is that the head in the jar is somehow part of the underworld that they're getting a job from 
Oh, okay. All right. I'm okay. just making this up as I go. Hmm. Okay, so do you think this is an underworld kind of party, or is this an imperial kind of party? Underworld. Underworld. Okay, but yeah. Like so a, like a, a fancy kind of underworld. Thing. Fancy underworld. Okay, yeah. So maybe kind of like Canto Bite, not necessarily the war profiteers, but the people who, the high rollers, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like a Master Codebreaker kind of people. I could see that. Oh, what if we saw a former Master Codebreaker in here? That'd be cool. Like the red pond bloom yeah. on someone's lapel. That would be cool. Because, because <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they talked about in, like, in the visual dictionary or something about how, like, Master Codebreaker is actually, like, a title that's passed, you know, passed around. That would be um, cool. So, yeah, we could absolutely see a former Master Codebreaker. That would be pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I... I I any sort of storyline that involves uh, dressing up for a fancy party, <laughs> like going undercover. Do you like to I love dress it. up? I do. I absolutely. Yeah, I like dress up, Brian. <laughs> I sure do. Like any fancy outfits. Yes, yeah, sign me up. I'm here for it. <laughs> Give me my shorts and sandals and a t-shirt. Oh no! Oh, you're breaking my heart. My heart. Okay. Well, you would be very comfortable in your shorts and sandals in the next shot. <laughs> you like my segue? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you like it? Well, the next shot is we're back on that sandy beach planet, and uh, it looks like Han Solo is about to have a shootout with uh, with these people, um, as we described before, in these like really like homemade looking masks and armor, uh, and they they appear to have like um, spears as their weapons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like clubs. Uh, not a lot of like high tech here. Like a couple crossbows, like Chewie might have, but uh, no like really big blasters. Nothing. Not like imperial tech, really. It it all looks like scavenged tech, and it also looks like maybe um, there's dwellings behind them. That's why I think these people live here. Is that it looks like there's actual makeshift homes behind them. Yeah. So Parnassos, maybe I'm I'm calling it. I'm totally. Ah, I'm, Parnassos. I'm I'm on board. Like that, that yeah. sounds fa- like wonderful. I think that that would be great for the Star Wars galaxy. I think absolutely. Yeah. A, a new mm-hmm. planet, but also a planet that. Um, is referenced to in books would be cool. Um, exactly. Yeah. So this shot is like directly out of Silverado, which is mm-hmm. a movie that uh, <laughs> Lawrence Kasdan actually directed. Lawrence cool. Kasdan is in his son actually wrote mm-hmm. the um, screenplay for solo. So it's kind of cool. Uh, cool to see his like a direct. Um, his his vision brought to screen like something so like referential to what he's done before in solo, like is kind of cool to see as well. Yeah. It's almost like a, like a celebration, you know, those kind of visual references I think are always fun. Right. So if we want to learn more about solo, maybe watching Silverado in the next three months, (laughs) give us some insight. Definitely. Definitely. Um, well, let's see. Uh, next, we have a, a close-up of, uh, of what appears to be like our, our new villain, if if this person does end up being like a major player. Like a really cool homemade-looking mask with like uh, arabesque carved into the into the helm. Um, long black hair. Do you think this person is a man or a woman? Uh, I think it's a man. Um, okay. 
I'm not sure, honestly. I think it could go either way. Mm-hmm. The um, you do see those uh, structures that you were referring to, like the homes, better in mm-hmm. that that shot. Um, mm-hmm. When you see the full lineup, mm-hmm. some people have said that the main villain might be a a female. So, like, okay. it's possible it could be, but just the way he he or she is standing makes me think that it's a guy. Okay. So um, kind of a, you're reading kind of like a masculine stance. Yes. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, absolutely. When in, in the next shot, like the close up of the villain, um, I don't know. I, maybe it's the hair, but I'm getting like a female vibe, but who knows? Did, and that's actually what the voiceover is saying. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that the, um, when they have the full lineup of all of them, mm-hmm. there's a character on the far right that, um, people have speculated or questioned whether or not that could be uh, the actual bounty hunter Boosh, which mm, is the maybe. uniform that Leia uses. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, because, I mean, Lando had to get his hands on that somehow. Give it to Leia, we assume. I don't know. Hmm. All right, all right. Moving on, we got, like, a dramatic cape swoop over the screen. Somebody's having, like, an arm-to-arm combat fight. Shooting off blasters. I got no idea what's going on in the scene. Um, oh, cut to uh, L3, L7 um, at some sort of security console. There's like video feeds all behind her and things are exploding. I don't know what's happening. Ah. <laughs> Do you think it's like a K2SO moment? Like at the console when K2SO, you know, nobly gave his life for the oh, cause. I hope they don't kill another child. <laughs> right? Oh, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Like you just... There's things you don't do in Star Wars. You don't kill off the Porgs, and you don't kill off any of my droids, okay? <laughs> I can't handle it. Things are all fine here. How are you? Yes, exactly. We're all fine. All my droids are fine. All my Porgs are fine. Uh, um, let's see. Oh, and then uh, that's Kira's glove. Um, steering something. I don't know. You think Kira's going to jump in the driver's seat at some point? I do. I I think that yeah. she's definitely. She's. Oh no, that's not. I'm sorry. As the hand kind of pulls back, it's actually that's Hans. I thought it was Kira's because I know that she wears brown gloves like him later. Oh, but yeah, okay. Han Solo's like pulling something. Yeah, that was Han. Okay. Uh, but I do think I do think Kira's gonna get her chance to race something or drive something because uh, I don't know. It just seems like something she would do. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. And then we have Kira looking at Han Solo saying, um, I'm the, I'm probably the only one who knows what you really are. She's saying this to Han Solo and they're like, they're in some sort of, you know, outdoor tent. There's like, you know, all sorts of, uh, you know, tent above them, you know, what, what, what are those called? Like, uh, not drapes, uh, but tapestries tapestries yeah those kind of things just kind of hanging all around them just to protect them from the sun um but but again she just looks absolutely stunning she's not like dressed for the location she's got you know this beautiful jewelry on and this space you know jewelry. just yes yeah, she's got so much space jewelry she just oh, she looks absolutely stunning um again i'm, I'm just wondering if she's like this kind of kind of upper class lady kind of thrown into this into han solo's you know world of scum and villainy 
Um, again, I could be way off my mark with her. Um, maybe she's just every bit a a scoundrel as Han is, but uh, just the way she's dressed in this, in this, uh, situation makes me think maybe not. Do you think that Uh, that's the sand and beach planet as well again? I think so. Or, or maybe it's Tatooine. Uh, do you think we're going to go to Tatooine in this planet? I I mean, in this movie, you don't think think so? so. Okay. I mean, I don't know. It might be cool to see. I mean, obviously it would be cool to see some Tatooine, but I don't. But yeah, I agree. I'm not sure if we'll actually see it. Uh, I don't know. I was just hoping so much for some huts uh-huh. <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I hope for hu- some huts too, but I don't yeah. know. If, yeah, I would love to see a, a hut. Yeah. Let's see. And then, okay, so um, Kira says to Han, I'm the only one who knows what you really are. And then we see shots of Han. Uh, piloting lots more stuff exploding and then cut right back to him talking to Kira in this like big billowing tent. And he just kind of smiles and goes, uh, and what is that? <laughs> you know, what, what is he really, what do, what do you think? That's the question, isn't it? That's the whole question of the movie is who is Han Solo, right? Do you, do you think Kira sees the real Han Solo? Solo to be a good guy underneath already, or do you want him to really be a, a, a bit of a bad boy? Um, I think, I think he should always have that, that heart of gold underneath. Um, I, I think, I think it can be more reserved than it is in the, in the OT, but I think through it all, we should absolutely see the hero that he's, that he's meant to become, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I, I am absolutely wondering though, what Kira's perspective is on Han and, and why she thinks she's the only one who knows what he really is. Um, I'm, I'm wondering that that's such the question what what is her perspective does she see him as the hero you know does she is she the only one who really knows how selfless he can be or has has she been burned by him and she's the only one she's like yeah you act like (laughs) you act like you can do anything but i know that sometimes you can be cowardly and run away you know like and you drop your shipments when it becomes inconvenient for you, just <laughs> stuff like that. Like, so what is Kira talking about here? What I think she knows his guilt basically, like because mm-hmm. he was in the Imperial Academy. Maybe mm-hmm. he did something similar to Sabine, where that he's kind of ashamed of. Um, mm-hmm. That she's kind of saying, "I know what you've done. Like, you can't fool me. You can't be the." <clears throat> Yeah, Char- I feel char- like your charms yeah. don't work on me kind of deal. Basically, yeah, I think what maybe she's trying to say is that he can't be a hero or a bad guy in front of her because she just knows the the truth of what he is. Which makes me wonder if they have a a history, if um if you know, they'll have like a real backstory where they've grown up together or something, um or if they they meet at the beginning of this movie and maybe she's saying this to him at the end of it. Um, maybe, maybe she comes to know him through their adventures together and she's saying this line to him at the end of the film, you know, she has an estimation of his character or maybe they have a background and she's saying this because she's known him for so long that she's seen uh, all the evolutions and all the phases of him that she feels like she really, she's the only one who can ever really know who he is. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. That's the question. It's intriguing though. It makes me want to see the movie. Yeah. That's the whole point, right? That's the whole point of the trailer. Make me want to go see this movie. Good job, you did it. 
man, yeah, I wasn't excited at all, really. I, I didn't, I was like, oh, okay, Han Solo, new Star Wars movie, yeah, I'll go see it. But I wasn't like hyped. And now I'm definitely intrigued. I want to, I want to go. I want it. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that it's going to be pretty good. And it's got a lot of cinematography that's just breathtaking. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the, nec- the next shot or series of shots is right. what is actually the the third act of the film. And I think we're going to get the Kessel run. Um, oh, with this uh, Star Destroyer coming out of the clouds and the Falcon flying away from it. Yeah, a bunch of ties. Oh. The, the vortex that the Star Destroyer is coming out of, mm-hmm. people have compared that to... Um, so the Kessel run is supposed to have three different black holes that create gravitational issues where um it creates a vortex of gravity and that they think that this is this shot and the subsequent shots of the falcon flying with the giant tentacles could be part of the kessel run yeah and that could be like a third act of the film yeah i really i really like this joke that (laughs) <laughs> that Han makes where he's like, oh, I thought we were in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. So he's the like, yeah, sh- we're fine. <laughs> shot right before that is the Falcon yeah. doing the flip upside down to like destroy a TIE fighter. Which right. Which is exactly the same thing maneuvers. that Hera does <laughs> in the uh, prequel, the, the preview of the second half of season four. So like, uh, it's kind of funny that both ships are doing the exact same move. Yeah, I think it reminds me of when Han uh, was like, oh, we'll be all right. I know some maneuvers. (laughs) (laughs) He's just showing him off. (laughs) But then but then, of course, he's like, oh, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. I just I love his delivery on that line where he's just like, oh, it's cool. We're fine. We're fine. We're all fine. We're all fine. But then they all start screaming. (laughs) They're not fine. They're not fine. (laughs) There's always a bigger fish. Yeah, uh, exactly. And then there's an even bigger fish after that. <laughs> Thanks, Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, man, if only Jar Jar was in this cockpit with them, <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I've actually big the force. <laughs> That's what this shot needs. That's exactly what the scene needs. It's Jar Jar in the back. <laughs> and Qui-Gon Jinn reminding them all that there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, great trailer. I love it. Very hyped. Oh, Brian, any any final thoughts on this trailer? Anything else we didn't touch on? Um, I I really dig the aesthetic. I, I I like it a lot, and I look forward to it. The characters I think I'm most intrigued by are Kira and Lando. Um, mm-hmm. And then just the villain and the underworld. Basically, I I'm I'm fascinated to learn more about that. Alden's going to get a pass, at least the first viewing. <laughs> mm, okay, yeah. You uh, you can, like, really dig into his character after you get used to him a little bit, I think. Because that's kind of the thing, is that, you know, we don't have to get used to Kira. We don't really have to get used to, you know, any of these new characters. Um, and and in a way, we don't really have to get used to Chewie or, or Donald Glover's Lando, just because they look so much the part. Like, we, there's not much stretching we have to do to get there. No. But Han Solo, man, that's one of those characters that's so tied up in Harrison Ford that... 
that I think it is going to take just a little bit of, of suspension of disbelief for me to, to get there and be like, yes, he is Han Solo. Because I, I do see him as Han Solo. In this trailer, I'm, I'm watching him and I'm like, yeah, that, that's Han Solo. He looks like he belongs here standing next to Chewie. Um, but I do understand where it's like, yeah, he's Han Solo, but he's not Harrison Ford. And that, that takes just a little bit of mental reconjiggering. I, like, I get that. Yeah. I think Chewie, the way Chewie treats Han will mm. probably go a long way to how much we buy into Han. Exactly. It'll all come down to their dynamic. That will be 100% what sells or kills this movie will be how Han and Chewie interact. I absolutely agree with that. I did appreciate um, Chewie putting his arm around uh, Oh, Han. yeah. Yeah. Like kind of in a <laughs> consoling. Maybe that's when Beckett dies or right after Beckett oh, died. Man, why you got to kill off Beckett? <laughs> why? Uh, why? No, I know. I feel the it mentor. too. It's the... Exactly. It's Star Wars and the mentor always has to die. I get it. It's, it's <laughs> but like, tr- There's a thing called a trope that <laughs> happens a lot. I'm going to be in denial, though, until the film. <laughs> I'll just be in denial. Beckett lives. Hashtag save Beckett. <laughs> okay uh let's see for me uh i don't really have any closing thoughts i I, like you say i'm just real excited for everybody i'm super excited for our new characters like just give me all of the kira and l337 just right now i i'm super hyped for all of this new stuff that it looks like we're getting just you know new sets new locations new everything and to be honest i'm real hyped about the old stuff as well i'm real hyped to see more lando and more chewy and han just wow i cannot believe how excited i am for this movie like compared to how not excited i was before it was it's such a world of difference really really good trailer worth the wait what do you think worth the wait yeah i think that the super bowl commercial and then the good morning american uh trailer reveal right after the day the next day is Mm -hmm. kind of a brilliant uh strategy for getting the most eyes all at once yeah because there's a lot of people that watch the super bowl and most of them are not gigantic star wars fans but they're kind of getting all those people to go to see star wars is how you make the billions and billions of dollars Yeah, exactly. I mean, Star Wars wouldn't survive just on the hyper mega fans, the people that think and talk about it every week. I mean, of course, uh, I'm sure Lucasfilm and and everybody working at Disney certainly appreciates us super fans. But the, the, the reason Star Wars continues to make so much money is because it is such a crowd pleaser. Everybody loves Star Wars. Um, and because it does have that big appeal, I mean, you absolutely do want to raise as much awareness about it as possible. Because I do think there are a lot of people who are like, oh, a Han Solo movie. I remember Han Solo. I like Han Solo. Oh, look, that big walking carpet. I remember him, too. I'm going to go see this movie now. <laughs> you know? Now that the uh, marketing blitz has begun, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be incredibly fast at how quickly we see everything unfold Mm -hmm. i know that Mm -hmm. anthony bresnikan from ew entertainment weekly has Mm -hmm. already um said that he has several articles coming out this week on specific characters to do more reveals okay um so i would definitely keep an eye out on twitter and uh on anthony bresnikan and ew for those kind of uh, Mm. marketing blitzes to come 
Yeah, good call. Good call. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't care about spoilers for this movie, so I'll definitely be checking out all of that. I think if I if I cared more, I'd be like, no, don't tell me anything about Kira. I just want to learn it all in the movie. But uh, but no, because I because I'm not as invested in this as I am in, say, episode nine. I will definitely be eating up all of the information I can. And I'm super eager and excited to learn more about all these characters, Kira, as you say. And of course, I can't stop talking about L337, my new hero. I hope she's as cool as I think she's going to be. I hope so. <laughs> Listen, don't be another Phasma, okay? Don't show up for three seconds and then go away. Or K2SOs. No. Or K2. No, see, K2 was perfect, but here's like my actual fear. My actual fear is that L3 will be walking down the hallway and then Chewie will tackle her throw her in a trash compactor and we'll never see her again like that's my actual fear <laughs> maybe she gets downloaded into lobot i don't know no no oh you gotta break my heart brian i thought we were friends <laughs> okay well i think let's wrap things up here let's call it here okay um let's see yes if people want to keep up with us you can do so on twitter uh take part in all of our polls we do those every week and they're an awful lot of fun uh so yeah feel free to reach out to us um at moon jockeys pod on twitter of course if you have comments feedback anything you want us to know you can uh send it to us um at moon jockeys podcast at gmail.com of course we always appreciate uh ratings and reviews on itunes those really help us out because it helps us reach more wonderful beautiful listeners um so if you get on there uh give us a rating and a review if you say something nice i'll read it out on our podcast and give you all the love and thanks and kudos that you deserve uh brian if people want to keep up with you where can they do that um i am at balls and play on twitter and instagram i think next week we are doing the padme discussion character discussion with right, a special guest fun. That, yes, that should be very, very fun. Um, if uh, anybody has thoughts on Padme, please share them. I'm sure I'll be talking about it on Twitter. Um, of course, we'll have like a Padme poll next week on our Moon Jockeys Twitter. Um, so yeah, be sure to uh, reach out to us about that, and I'll read all of your Padme feedback. Honestly, there can never be too much Padme love. <laughs> I will read all the nice Padme comments next week. On our Padme episode, and gosh, if people want to keep up with me, you can do that at Dameron on Twitter. That's my Twitter handle, and it's uh, all prequel love all the time over there. <laughs> and all dark side love. <laughs> don't forget the dark side. And don't forget, she, never forget. Never forget the dark has, side love. Uh, extreme fascination with Darth Maul. Of course I do. Yes. <laughs> that's the, that's the first thing you learn about me is that I love Poe. The second thing is that I love Maul. <laughs> well, all right. Gosh, that about wraps things up. I just want to thank absolutely everybody for listening in. Uh, we sure appreciate you. And until next time, just remember that the Force will be with you. Always.